nah, Tony, I'm not even going to ask Rocky. Of course I asked Rocky. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Uh, we should put some vocals on Hardcore Hip House. And I quote, what are we going to do that for? The record's dead. It's already so well. I'm not going to do that. A year later, 80, 88, 89, by 1990, here comes Crystal Waters with La Da Dee Da Dee Da with Just Gypsy Woman. I'm hearing this record going, hold up. That's my record. That's my record. How the fuck? What the fuck? Okay, they changed the chords. They went up as they, they ascended as opposed to keeping it one level. But the drums on the motherfucker is mine. So you know I felt a certain way just due to the fact that I explained to you earlier. So I'm looking for the basement boys. I'm looking for these motherfuckers. Now y'all done stole my shit. Y'all done took money. I'm not already not getting no money. And then y'all gonna further take money from me because um, talking to Tommy back in the day, Tommy Davis, uh, they were upset that Get the Hole, Get the Hole was ripped off. Oh, my big sister, Kim Mazel, peace, queen. Kim sending us some queen love. Yes. Uh, uh, so Tommy Davis said the fact that somebody stole Get the Hole, Get the Hole <laughs> was the reason why they it did was- that back and forth. But I had nothing to do with it. But I, I didn't give a fuck. I, I'm like, I'm looking for anybody and everybody. So by the time me catching up with the Basement Boys in New York at the New Music Seminar back in 1990, um, the biggest, biggest fight that still resonates to this day happened. And I'm in the room when this shit gets kicked off because this, the panel was Rap Unity. And Ed Lover and Dr. Dre was that Young TV Raps was brand new at this time and they wasn't playing no hip house and hip house was like the biggest thing going, right? And they was they was fronting on it. So I, I'm talking to them in the panel and Ice-T, being the big homie that he is, he was like, yo, man, we got to squash it. That's the problem. No, no beat, no, you know, there's no unity in this shit. Right. right. So what happened after that, they had a big ass East Coast, West Coast fight with uh, Ice Cube's posse was right with the lynch mob and above the law with uh, I don't know if y'all from New York or not if you've ever met King Son King Son is no little dude he's 6'6 and was 230 at that time uh, I didn't know King Son King Son on the club tip he made a hip hip house was so big Mr. C asked Kane to put a hip house record on this album Mr. Big Daddy Kane said no, but Mr. C put the house that C built on his album. That's how big hip hop was. Marley Marl named myself Heavy D and uh, Roxanne Shantae as his favorite artist in 1989. Hip house. Not just hip hop, hip house. So we had the argument. The record uh, came out and we were, uh, New York didn't like it. The big fight happened. I didn't get a chance to to I didn't get a chance to beat up uh the basement boys. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to beat up the basement boys, uh, so that was throttled. Um in the midst of all that, uh 
MTV hadn't launched European yet. Because I, because you haven't asked me because I feel like I'm doing all the talking, so I'm spilling. No, you know why? Because you don't have to. You just gotta stay on your timeline. I love it. Uh, uh, There's so, so much information. It's like ridiculous. It's, you don't ask. You just listen. Okay. So around 1990, when all this was transpiring, uh, MTV had not launched in Europe yet. It was only the feed coming from New York to London, right? They hadn't had an office yet. So around 1990, MTV gets this um, idea right. to launch. And they launched it with uh, the artist of that day. It was a, it was a bunch of artists. We talking uh, pop artists: Sybil, We Papa Girls, De La Soul. Uh, uh, who else is on that tour? Now this is in we, this is in New York or Canada. This is in Europe. Oh, Europe. Okay. Canada was a whole other Munch Music. I remember you did something. I know you did something there too. I did something to Munch Music. So, uh, they kicked off in three spots, I believe. Well, two spots. No, they went from country to country. And the UK being the last one, Holland being the first one. So we we on tour in Holland. It was a Swatch MTV tour, 1990. And uh, uh, like I said, Sybil, De La Soul, I have so many people, Clubland. There's a bunch of us on tour. Okay. And uh, 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 <laughs> I'm such a male whore. Uh, <laughs> uh, Why? Because uh, I, you know, the women the, they never gave me no place. So all the women that that pretty much came aboard that I that I liked, uh, I was trying to holler. At. Sybil, I wasn't trying to holler because Sybil was Sybil was like a, a a a woman woman. You know, like she was to me, she was already grown and home and I got her own. Uh, the Wee Papa Girls, I was trying to holler at uh, Betty Boo. Remember that group, Betty Boo? Doing oh, sure, I remember Betty Boo, yeah. I was trying to holler at the, they had two twin dancers. I was trying to holler at both of them. You poach, you're trying to poach the nest, right? You're trying to poach it. So, you guys were fuck wild in those days. No rules, no regulations, whatever. You just you just went with the flow. Right, so there was another group called 24-7 that did this record. Oh my God, I'm virgin. I yes. I can't stand it, so um, they was on tour, so I, I kind of got a liking to the young lady that was singing uh, the song. Met Captain Hollywood, uh, the guy Renee, the other the other dancer in the group. Wow! See that Kim Mazzell? Wow. There you go. Wow! Uh, uh, so I kind of um, I, I, so I much history I, here, brother. So I, much I, history. I kind of took a liking to the girl. So me being the player from Chicago that I am. A nice gentleman. I said, let's go out. She said, okay. I said, where's the go out in Holland? Oh, the only thing that's open is uh drag night at the uh Roxy. I'm like, fuck it. I, you know. Okay, let's I, go. Right, because in my mind, I'm like, I'm the incredible hook. Smash, smash, smash. That's the only thing in my head, smash. So whatever she's saying. I'm buying as long as we get to the end of the night and I'm smashing. Well, it's getting to that that, <laughs> that that hour and, you know, we on tour and I'm yawning like, okay, I've seen enough of this shit. They come in, these dress come in all extravagant with all this feather and all this pomp and circumstance and all the rest of this. So as we leaving, it was like, uh, hey, Prince is coming down. What? Prince who? 
Prince, Prince. That's, what I said. That's exactly what I said. Prince who? Prince, Prince, Prince. He's coming down here. Yes. Fuck it. I'm a lay. I'm a, I'm a lay. Cause yo, I can get a chance to tell my sister. Here's another famous person that I met. Right. So I'm laying. So I'm like, what time is this motherfucker coming? Cause this already. It's already <laughs> what time of night? What time of night is this now? Right. Like, cause I'm already. I'm. I'm. I'm hot and bothered. <laughs> Cause I'm like, yo, I'm putting on my best Max Julian in her ear. I'm not trying to control her body, just trying to control her mind. What are you telling her? What are you trying to tell? Whatever I need to say to her, I'm trying to say it. So as we go out the door, fine, young lady, you you are so fine. You are so right. You're you're telling her everything she needs to hear, right? Everything, any and everything. But but wait, then you turn like this. Where the fuck is that motherfucking prince? <laughs> Back to her again. So, so I know I hung out with Tyree. I know it went down. <laughs> that's not no. Anyway, <laughs> it's a way. It's a way. <laughs> anyway, so so we like. I'm like, fuck it. It's time to. Go. It's time for me to go. T. West Prince. Happen, or it's not going to happen. West, you already been there. Going, yo, you see he coming? So they said, they said, okay, he's coming, he's coming. So I'm like, all right, fuck it. I, I'm not going to wait no more. So <laughs> I'm walking out the door. And the people, the security guards are moving the people that standing in front. They moving them out the way like this. And you're trying to walk out of the club. I'm trying to walk out the club. They moving me off to the side. I'm like, oh. first of all, I feel a certain way. You put your hands on me. I'm already feeling a certain way. Like, because this is unwarranted motherfucking touch. That's a habitual line stepper. You do not line step put a hand on me. You know what I'm saying? And I'm from Chicago. I'm from Inglewood. I'm. I got a chip on my shoulder and I'm rapping and I'm angry and, 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 and back. Man, man, I was an ABM before that was a phrase. So as we walking out, as we walking out, they go, that's Prince. <laughs> You're right, exactly. What? That's Prince. I'm like, dude, no, that's not Prince. That's not Prince. <laughs> Like the girl going, how you know that's not because my sister, and I'm saying this as loud as I can be, because my sister took out the photos in our photo album and put his picture there. That's how come I know that's not Prince. <laughs> Does he hear this? He hears you real loud, right? Saying that within hearing hearing distance. And what happens now? So and I'm going, I'm going. There's no way you're gonna make me believe. I'm, and I said some really There's no way this guy is that. I said no some really derogatory shit like these drag queens. I said a lot more of what I'm about to say. These drag queens are taking no, this no, shit. no, say it. No, no, reenact it. Come on now. Now, because it's, it's, it's totally inappropriate for me to say that nowadays oh. and I, because it's cancel culture and, and you, you got a good thing going. I don't want to get you canceled. Okay, so we all right, so he's gonna keep it child friendly. Okay, go ahead. PC a little bit. So he said, I said, these, these, these are. Uh, these drag queens, and that's even bad to say, these drag queens are taking this shit too far because now they got motherfuckers dressing up like celebrities and shit and it's supposed to be. And the woman that was dancing with, with Prince at the time, her name was Kat. Kat, Hugo, and myself and another friend of ours used to party at the playground with Farley. We used to have dance contests. So I know Kat. I'm like, and I said to myself, again, loud, the fuck is that supposed to be? Kat? I knew that. We from we from fucking playground. And when I said the playground, she went, whoa, shit. And she took a look like, I tell you, motherfucker. But I ain't gonna say shit. 
So me saying, I'm like, and look at this motherfucker supposed to be Prince. He got a spandex pants. These motherfuckers are baggy pants. These ain't no, this shit is bad. His t-shirt too got his hands long. The fuck out of here. This motherfucker ain't Prince. He looked over at me and looked like to say, you got to be the dumbest motherfucker on the planet. <laughs> you know, he had that, that looked like Prince like, hmm. Wait you know, a minute. Wait a minute. Is this like a living color? This is like a living color skit. This is in living color before in living color even happened. Before Dave Chappelle even happened. Oh my God. This is that this is that moment. Oh my God. You oh, should be the first time I did some idiot shit like that. Uh 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 what's her name? Um Latoya Jackson, Flavor Flav, Chuck D, Teddy Did, he, did he say something to you? Did Prince turn you and say to you, you dumbass? No, 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 I, no, no, no. I said he looked at me to, as to say, <laughs> you got to be the dumbest motherfucker on the planet. <laughs> And he just, he's what he what he did what he did remark was he said his his breath was hmm, like this hmm okay I guess I'm not Prince and continue to walk and I, continue to, I continue to go out the door and the next day yo dog the next day on the news you didn't hear me say nothing about a camera you didn't hear me say nothing about reporters you didn't hear me say nothing about none of that next day they interviewing Prince on TV he at the club. At the very spot that I said he was not Prince. <laughs> How the fuck? Where did the cameras come from? <laughs> A year later, Steve Hurley does Get Off. The remix of Get Off. You know what I'm saying? So I said, you know what, Tyree? You, But this happened within a whole calendar year with Flavor Flav, Chuck D, uh, 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 guy. <laughs> Talk about shooting yourself in the foot, brother. We in the elevator. My, me and my friend DJ Jess, shout out to DJ Jess. We in the elevator, and Jess gave me the elbow, like, yo, yo, dog, yo, dog. That's 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 guy. That's Teddy Riley. And I'm looking around. I'm looking up top, like, cause on the album cover, these motherfuckers is tall. And I'm looking around, like. Where are these motherfuckers at? And I look down like, man, get the fuck out of here. These motherfuckers ain't guy. <laughs> like, what? Who, who is this motherfucker? Aaron Hall? Who, 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 this Teddy Riley? And they, and man, I kid, they look like, they look like my little cousins. They look like my little cousins. They didn't say, the only person that looked real to me was Bambada. Oh, I, yeah, you can't, no. you can't miss Bambada. Nobody looks like Bambada. African Islam look real. No, with the whole gear on everything. No. Ice T look real. Hell, hanging out with uh with Ice T in uh, California, um, Everlast looked real because he was a skinny dude um that that uh uh that rapped very fast and liked fast Eddie. Uh Bronx style Bob, my my my, my brother um Donald D. Rock the house, y'all, who made that record, right? He looked real. All my Zulu brothers look real. Uh, 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 T Islam, uh, uh, all, all, all these brothers look real. Red Alert, all these look real. The rest of these months, I'm like, man. And I'm walking in the music, new music seminar up at the Hyatt. I hear this, yeah, boy. <laughs> Again, looking up, thinking that these mugs is tall. And I'm looking down, like, no, this is not Flavor Flay. This dude is too dark to be Flavor Flay. Flavor Flay ain't that dark. 
<laughs> I looked up, I'm like, and he opened up his mouth. Yeah, G, what up, G? I'm like, oh my God, this is what the play. So I got a rude awakening on. Real yeah. fast, real fast. How, how TV and video makes you look so much bigger than you are. And I understood, yeah, the bigger your head is, the bigger the star you'll be. So. Moving we're in 1990, now we're in 1990. Now we're in 1990. And um, we're in the room with the, New, new music conference, like I said, the the rap back, the rap, uh, the rap panel, and uh, and I got I got wrote up in the uh, I got wrote up in the new music seminar uh, newsletter, and I got wrote up in the New York Times back in the day. Okay, because uh, in the New York Times, or whoever did the article, the music section in the New York Times, they wrote about the one lone guy from Chicago standing up in the rap panel against all these rappers. Cause I, I was like, fuck all y'all. Because some, I don't know who said it. I don't know who said it, but they had a brand Nubian jacket on. Ooh, okay. Don't know who said it. What'd they say? That, that, that house music, some old faggot ass shit. Some old faggot shit. I'm like, fuck you. I ain't no motherfucking fag. And I had a white Jordan, a white Jordan flight suit with my gold rope that said Tyree, and that motherfucker is humongous. It's humongous. The Tyrees, you cannot miss me. So I'm like, fuck you, fuck that. Ooh. And um, my friend, um, Prime Minister, he used to be on uh, with the, uh, with the uh, what's his name? Uh, Chris Thomas. Chris Thomas was called the mayor. This is the first rap city. Chris Thomas was called the mayor and Prime Minister uh, Daryl, his name, Daryl was his, you know, his homeboy or the, the second. So Daryl was a househead. He was a househead, househead. Um, he's like, hey, man, don't let the motherfuckers up there tell you. Because uh, uh, they, they, they don't play none of your videos and this, that, and the third, whatever, whatever. So he put the jumper cables on my back. I'm getting charged. I'm getting extra charged. Now I'm from Chicago. I'm in New York. I'm, I'm in a city. You know how it is. You know, you from there. Yeah, I'm in a city. I don't, only borough I know at this time is uh, the Bronx, like Yonkers, Bronx River. You know, this is the only borough I know. And Brooklyn, of course, I heard of it. You know, Strong Island, things of that nature. Harlem, you know, when I Queens. But I'm, I'm like, fuck that. I don't know where these cats from. So when I said that, that guy must have said, oh, this motherfucker got some balls from Chicago. He got some ball balls. So they wrote me up. I got my love. The fight happened. It was over with. Boom. Uh, the next year, the 1991, I didn't go to the New Music Seminar, but Hip House was dead. Rocky DJ International was not trying to um, support it anymore because now he's he went from he went from the black station immediately to the white station. Like he left the brothers alone. And like, fuck that. This is the new because all the black stations at this time was getting bought up by Clear Channel. Mm. So everybody, Clear Channel was, that was the beginning, home. the beginning of the monopolization of radio. Exactly. So mom and pops were no longer gonna be available for everyone. And on top of that, on top of that, they changed the name or the category of our genre. 
it went from house music to dance music. So anything under that title, they could they could market and distribute as long as it had a danceable beat. Mm. It wasn't like it was house, like, like uh, no offense to Freddie Best Stone or anybody like that, that nature. But most of his records wasn't getting played on our streets. Uh, your little Louis Vegas hadn't really happened yet. Todd Terry uh, was, Todd was the only one that was pretty much out. Kenny Dope had had that jam, was that jam mates, mates the jam or whatever that was. Uh, he had had that out. Uh, but that was pretty much it as far as, look, Todd Terry was the dude from New York. So, right. so, so by 1991, uh, Everything went kind of clubby. You know, it was, it was, I, I want to say after 91, like I, I performed at the Palladium. Didn't know the relevance of the Palladium either, which is one big ass Riviera, if you ask me. Um, the Palladium, when I performed, I noticed uh, I was the only one that was doing rap, rap, hip hop. Mm. Uh, uh, my brothers, Musto and Bones, uh, Dangerous on the Dance Floor, didn't have. They had a rap, but it was eight bar. We was doing 16, so we were traditionally doing hip house. They were making commercial records for white stations. Right. Um, and uh, <clears throat> and this was towards the end of that hip house thing because after I did the Palladium, uh, uh, I got booked to do this relatively brand new TV show. And I say relatively because it used to be called American Bandstand prior to me getting there, but they changed it to Dance Party USA. That's right, everyone. Dance Party USA. And uh, I, I was on that show. I know people like that. And the first <laughs> records I remember around that time, the reason why I went to that dance category, because the Basic Boys had that gold record with Crystal Waters. And, and for show me love, and those are records that changed all the games. Hard, I say hardcore hip house because I fuck with Crystal Waters. That's my that's my sister from another she's mother. Great lady, she's a great lady. Oh, Crystal Waters is the shit. That's my girl. That's my homegirl. She's so beautiful. Uh, personality, mm -hmm. much my life. Talented and great. And didn't know her. Didn't know the lineage. The lineage that she carried. She gets an extra layer of love for me. Because her, her uh, great aunt, her grandmother, whoever she is, I believe is a great aunt. Ethel Waters is one of my favorite singers from back in the day. Um, anyway, uh, that record was mine. And I, I fuck with Crystal Waters. She said, yeah, Tyree, I know they stole it from you and, you know, things of that nature. But uh, uh, yes, Matthew, I did do Top of the Pops, which is also funny. I met Donna Summers, cursed her out too. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know Donna Summer. That ain't no Donna. No, 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 it wasn't that with Donna Summers. Look, we were on the sidebar. So Cool Rock and I at Top of the Pops. First of all, if you've ever done Top of the Pops and your record was during the time period of up until 89, I think it was, 89 or 90. If your record wasn't recorded in the UK, it was a law that your record had to have had to have been recorded in the UK in order for you to qualify to be on Top of the Pops. Right? So how'd you get around that? Pete Tong's a bad motherfucker. <laughs> so we went, in the studio, we went in the studio with some musicians and re-recorded Turn Up the Bass. I really wish I had that cassette to this day. I, I lost that cassette. 
these musicians, drummer and all, guitarist, everything, keyboardist, recreated, turned to bass. So it was recorded. There's a version recorded in the UK. When it came to the TV show, everybody knows the normal. You feel me? So that's how we kind of got around that. But anyway, in the interim of doing did that. You, um, on the top, I'm going to ask you a question now because I, I did Top of the Pops too with Dwayne and stuff. Did you perform it live on the mic or did you play go up to playback? Playback. Live, okay, sorry, live and playback because uh, Cool Rock didn't want to do a just playback. So half the mic was, so I understand it was, was uh, the vote, the backing track was cut down and you could hit more Cool Rock. But Top of the Pops wasn't playing that. They wasn't playing no, uh, 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 we gonna give you your way. No, they played full playback because we didn't have a segment. Where we we talked, if you got the whole show, we talked afterwards, but during, there was no conversation on the microphone. Mm-hmm. So once we, once we did that, and they had the, um, you know, like Top of the Pops would do like two or three weeks in advance for their shows. How they predicted the charts, don't know. So when we did ours, Donna Summers was next week. And I'm walking, I'm going, oh shit, that's Donna Summers. And yes, she's another one. She looks, she looked just like she's supposed to look. Tall, beautiful, and it was Donna Summers. But prior to that, let's say a week before I went to Europe, I had just played Spring Affair. I mean, just played it at a party. So I'm like, because that's one of my go-to records. Uh, uh, I had uh, I, I was one of my go-to records. So when I met her, I was like, Miss Summers, Miss Summers, you, I'm, you're one of my favorite artists. I just played your record uh, last week. And she's thinking about the record that she's performing on top of the pops. When I said... When I said uh, no, no, I played I played Spring Affair because that's what's hot in Chicago. She said, "Oh, that's that old stuff." I don't. I'm like, bitch, that's the shit we was playing. <laughs> <laughs> bitch, you said to her, bitch. So may not lie, rude boy. So may not may not go nowhere without me lying, stop. My <laughs> bad mouth, man. Yeah, you didn't say, you know, you're Dude. right, but. I was like, bitch, bitch. Because she was going on and on about the record. I'm like, and then what did you say? What did she say to you when you said? She said, she said, in a professional way, she was like, you should stop playing that old stuff and play some of this new stuff. I said, nobody wants to hear that shit. (laughs) I can't, T. I I, I can't. I know people going in and just listening to this going, this can't be incredible. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, because you know what? Nobody's ever heard this before. Yeah, because of course not. Because they didn't, they wasn't there with me when that shit was happening. Uh uh. Bitch, did you hear what I said? That shit ain't working. No, it wasn't working. I know, I know the women going, I know Kim is going, Tyree, you did not say that. I know, because I'm thinking, let me tell you, Tyree. Kim said, oh, Kim Zell, that's my big sister, man, but because I give her all love. When I see her, I'm just like... Tyree, I, go, I was thinking, say, there's no way you could have said this. But you did. I know you did. Shit. Shit. You better believe I did, bro. You better motherfucking believe and you're it. you're lucky you didn't get thrown off the show because you were actually performing on the show. 
man, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't, the, she was going to get you off that show. She's going to make it that you were getting off that show tonight. Dude, that that wasn't the first celebrity I said I called I called out their name. Um I met um hey, I met uh Moni Love, right? Same same rule applied. Same rule applied, but different with Moni Love was uh I was trying to holler. But she was fine, right? Drop dead I'm from Chicago, but see, they she probably, and I say this loosely, and I really doubt it. It's just my own arrogance. She probably would have hollered at me had uh, uh, what's his name, John Prince from the DMC magazine, Tony he, Prince, I, Tony Prince, but Tony Prince. These guys uh, had they not said, okay, the She Rockers, Cookie Crew, Money Love, y'all choose who's gonna go on next. But the last person that's performing is Tyree. And Cool Rock Steady. And they were like, fuck, for fuck's sake, they're not fucking from here. They fucking stateside. Fuck them. We 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 got the love here. And Tony Preston, I guess he was like, yeah, 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 whatever, whatever. They got the hottest record in the country right now. And I in, in the UK. So they're going on last. So either y'all gonna do it or not. And they went, they said not. Coming up next to the stage, all the way from Chicago, Illinois, Tyree featuring Cool Rock Steady. So we performed it, DMC. The whole thing was over with. And, you know, as they're walking out, the She Rockers, uh, uh, the Cookie Crew, one of the girls from the Cookie Crew, one of the girls from the She Rockers and Moni Love, I think, was walking up the stairs at the uh, at the Empire. <coughs> and Moni Love had the body like a girl from the South Side of Chicago. I don't know how to explain that even more, more than that. But she had that body, body, body. So I'm like, oh, shit, she's fine as shit. So, you know, I did my Chicago thing. I grabbed her hand, you know, just get her, just to get her attention, not grabbing like, you know, some Polish shit. I just, you know, lightly touch her hand like a. What happened? Like, 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 no, I'm trying to say like, uh, like, uh, like, a feather like, 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 this, uh, like this one pimp taught me to. You know, you want to get a lady's attention. You don't grab a whole hand. You just, you know, back in there, you just, you know, touch her and get her attention. Well, I, I did that. And what happened? Really love. Around, was like, like, like to say, let me go. The fuck around, don't be touching me. I'm like, yo, 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 hold on. I'm just, you know, just want to holler what y'all doing. Fuck out of here. Fuck off, is what she said. Fuck off. And at that time, NWA creeped in my head. And what they all said, fuck you, bitch, and kept going. <laughs> so, I said that to Moni Love uh, when I met my brother, uh, Baby Africa from the Jungle Brothers. I, I, I kind of I asked him uh, if he knew Moni Love and whatnot, because she knows. You know, I want to see if this if she remembered me or not. If he talked to her, because if I had somebody say some shit that to me, I'm gonna remember that motherfucker. Like, yeah, oh, I'm gonna, you're gonna remember that as clear as day. I'm not gonna never talk to you again. I may say hi, but goddamn it. Cause I don't think, if I saw it now, I don't think I was gonna do apologize to it because that was so wrong, and I was so young minded uh, at that time. But I was a fresh. Did I not warn everyone that he was buck wild? I was I was a fresh Zulu brother. I had just got into the Zulu Nation. Oh, I've been wow. indoctrinated to the Zulu Nation. Like yo, I felt it was my duty to act like I was from 
one of the five boroughs in New York. Like I see on TV, you know, the images is a motherfucker. And no, and that, and again, not one of the motherfuckers talk like that. You know, say so it was just the images I had seen and, and what I took from it. But what, but you got you got inducted into the Zulu Nation. What what and what was that entail for you, being part of the Zulu? Oh, Nation? You, had to learn, you had to learn. I'm not gonna go through it right now, but you had to learn the uh, the elements of uh, uh, of the Zulu Nation. You had to learn the five elements of the Zulu Nation. You had to be a uh, uh, upright, pretty much upright citizen. You had to be. You had to be uh, in tune with your culture. You had to be um, getting no knowledge itself. Mm. Yeah. So I, I I got the I was getting the education from Kura, whose cousin is Africa Bambada, whose cousin is Africa Islam. You see what I'm saying? So I'm getting I'm getting the knowledge straight. I'm getting the knowledge uh at that time one to one. So me me being uh me being a Zulu was to me, I made it in the world of hip hop. You, you could have told me I got my gold album. Right, you acknowledge for your craft now. You are part of the. You're part of the game because there was no other househead that was a Zulu. Zulus are all hip hop and former gang members and shit like that, right? And uh, yeah, mostly hip hop artists and 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 former gang members and uh, and every, and you know everyone else that wanted to be a part of it. So me me hanging out with with with. Uh, with Bam and Africa Islam, and uh, and when I go out to Cali with the big homie, I felt a certain kind of way. Like I, I felt like I was way more privileged than anybody from Chicago because now I'm a Zulu, so I carry that shit with me uh, all over Europe and all over the world. Right? I'm carrying a certain stigma. Yeah, you got to go to meetings. Yeah, because in November time come, you had to show up in the motherfucking meetings in New York. Um, so I would I would low key be up in New York and meetings and shit, not saying shit to nobody that's anything to do with house music because it wasn't about house music, it was all about being a Zulu and shit. So that's, that was part of my idiot thinking. Uh, and uh, being, again, being from the South side of Chicago, uh, certain arrogance, I, I, I didn't want nobody to think because house music had such a mixed review. Mm. You know, some say it was uh, because it, it 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 played out in the industry. Some looked at it as a as part of the uh, well the culture. You know why? Because there was a militant tone that went with it too at that time. You know, it was a changeover going on. So some people looked at it like you know how how house music was all about peace, love, and harmony, but yet hip hop had that militant. You know, there was a lot going on with West Coast, East Coast. There was a lot of hate shit going on too. Yeah, but, but but as far as hip hop, as far as house went, um, I'm saying as far as house went, I was the only one, one of the few ones that was a Zulu at that time. And yeah, I didn't know anybody until you. I didn't know anybody else that was part of the Zulu Nation. Uh, yeah, uh, and and then at that not time, dance music because it was unheard of. It was definitely unheard of, but due to the fact that Kura cousins were the biggest part of the Zulu nation. Yeah, fuck yeah, I'm going to be a part of it because that's my man right there. Why and not? If you can right, get exactly. in, if exactly. you can get in, why not? Are we silly? Exactly. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't want to be part of it. Right, exactly. Oh, no, you, you you do house music. We don't want you here. <laughs> no, it was none of that. No, I'm down. Uh, uh, so, uh, 
as I was saying, so by, by having that under my belt, I, I felt a certain way. And um, throughout the rest of the 90s, like 92, 1992, I, I totally, totally got disgruntled with the music business. I was, uh, I was not getting anything. Can we go to another commercial? I've talked for another, about an hour. Can we go for one last commercial? I yes. got to take a break. Please. Yeah, please. yeah, it's okay. It's a problem. That's all right. All right, I'll be right back. Sorry, sorry. Please excuse me. No, don't be sorry. All right, everybody, click on that newsletter. Get in there. We have such a great story tonight. Unbelievable. Terry Cooper is absolutely a gem, a diamond, and his memory is incredible. You're all wondering why I'm being quiet. I don't have to walk in and, and break into anything because. I'm afraid to stop the his lifeline. His lifeline is just, you had to be there. And parts of it I know, and, and some things I'm like, it can't be true. There's no way this is possible. So again, please click on newsletter and stay informed. Also, next week, Oscar Reyes, Archie Burnett, and Mikey Jones, A Dance in Paradise. This is going to be a really great show. Okay. Don't miss it. Okay. And, you know, back to the man, the MC, Tariku. So, so, like I say, well, 1992, 91, actually, really, uh, I started getting disgruntled with the music business because I, I, I pretty much woke up and realized, uh, in the words of Lord Jamar, I was a million-dollar man that had no dough. You know? Uh, and I felt a really certain kind of way because uh, my daughter, my first daughter, was starting to get, uh, was starting to grow up, and I and I wanted to do certain things for her, and I couldn't, you know what I'm saying? I really couldn't because I wouldn't get money. So I started started stepping away from uh, the DJ International thing in increments. I would go there, come back, go there, come back. So in one of the times that I went that I went back there, um. I started a group called the TC Crew. It was just me, basically. And then uh, uh, I, I, I got um, one of my friends, DJ Ping, uh, or Steve Toliopoulos, DJ Ping. Good, good DJ, reminded me of Bad Boy Bill. Uh, great, great mind. Great moneymaker. <laughs> I didn't say what we did. Great moneymaker. So I incorporated, I said, look, we're going to be the TC Crew. I'm going to be the rapper. You're going to be the DJ. But we're going to produce this shit together. He said, all right, cool, 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 no problem, no problem, So uh, I did an a, a album, a TC Crew album called Going All Out. One of the songs that was on the album was called I Can't Do It Alone. One of my other uh, sought-out songs, right? Uh, I Can't Do It Alone. That record came out in 92. What's the name? Faithless. Rolo, the producer from Faithless, ripped it off and gave it to Christine W. Right, Christine W's first big record was based off my record. Do wow. what you want. Doom, 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 doom. Yeah, that's mine. It was based off that. Years later, I tried to run across him. He didn't want to have no business with me. I was in the studio. That they was that they recorded the record in the studio engineer was a Tyree Cooper fan. That that was bad. He liked the you know the house music from Chicago as well. So I'm like, call the dude up. 
call up Rolo. He's like, I'm not going down there. Who's down there, Tyron? I'm not going down there. Because, yeah, I was going to whoop his ass. I was going to have a fight. I was going to talk That's exactly, that's exactly why he was not coming. Because you're going to whip him. New attitude. So, you're going to teach him a new attitude in a minute, right? Definitely going to teach him a new attitude. <laughs> because I couldn't, I couldn't sue nobody because Rocky Jones, when, 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 um, the basement boys did that to me, uh, what's his name? Bruce Carbone was the A&R at, um, at Mercury. Yep. Mercury records. New he York. knew, they knew they ripped me off, but Rocky was like, well, you know, these guys. So I knew he would rip me off too. So I was like, you know what? You're right. How's he going to fight for you when he's already ripped you off? So I, I said, I, I told Vince Lawrence when the day I, I signed it, Vince Lawrence told me something the day I signed a contract with Rocky Jones. He said, Tyree, this is a contract. There are words on it. You can interpret it one way, you can interpret it another way. At the end of the day, you can always sue. I went, for real? He said, yeah. Oh, shit. I did seven years on DJ International. Uh, at the end of the day, I knew I was going to sue him. I knew I was going to sue him. Five years. I did five years. Two years, I fucked off. Uh, but seven, out of the seven years I was in DJ, I knew I was going to sue him. I knew that at the end of the day. If I was going to win or not. That's another story. So, uh, so I'm, I'm like, damn. So we did a, we did the album, and again, here's Rocky with the, this song isn't selling. Now we had two songs on the album. One was being played in Chicago. It, it was called, um, um, uh, 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 what's that? Ma, 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 ma. When once bitten, the song was called once bitten, and the other song was called, um, I can't do it alone. He told me the album wasn't selling. The 12 inches wasn't selling. None of that shit was selling. I'm going, oh, okay, I right, find it. I'm done with the music industry. So um what are you gonna do? Within that time, I I, I got a uh I got a job. I delivered uh pizza from 93, end of 92, 93 to like 94, 95 almost, something like that. Uh 94. I got a job delivering pizza. I was not ashamed of it. I wasn't worried about it. I just, I needed to make some money so I can take care of my, my, my daughter. I wasn't with the mother, but I still had a responsibility. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I got that. I made a shitload of money. <laughs> I made a shitload of money. So when I get around my friends, they go, hey, man, uh, I heard you delivering pizza. Are you ridiculing me? Is that what's going on? Are you ridiculing me? No, I'm just saying that's funny, man. Hold up. Wow, hold up. Wow, hold up. Wow, hold up. I'm putting out money everywhere. Damn, motherfucker, how much? I said, this is this is what I'm taking to the bank this week to put it in my bank account. From this is the money, this is mine. This is not the piece of franchise money. This is my money. You making that kind of money? I'm like, yeah. So right. as they want to know now, they want to know how you making that kind of money. So don't talk to me about what am I doing? Don't let this man tell you what you are or are not. Don't do that. Don't let that man dictate to you, tell you this, what you got to do in order to get this money. Nah. So said that with that said, I delivered pizza. And then another friend of mine, uh, shout out to Harry, the blade B. He said, Hey man, you ought to, uh, do some records for Ray Barney. Ray Barney. Oh, Ray Barney's my man. I did a record, I did a remix for uh, Victor Romeo back in the day called uh, Acid Rain. 
Yeah, I didn't really do it. I was just in the room when he mixed it and because he was asking me, what should go first? What should go second? Okay, Tyree, where we at? What am I doing? What am I doing? So I kind of, you know, whatever. So he put my name on it. So I said, all right, Ray. I said, all right, Harry, I'll talk to Ray. And Ray said, uh, and I love this brother to this day. Ray said, uh, yeah, man, here's some records. He started giving me the records he was putting out. I'm going, fuck. Oof, this shit is fast as fuck, first of all. Secondly, it reminds me of the shit that we did back in the day, but just faster and raw and way more raunchy lyrics. Way more raunchy lyrics. So I said, yeah, I'll give it a try, Ray. So my first EP was uh, uh, The Soul Revival, and I did a, uh, 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 a read. I sampled Acid Crash, right? My own, my own record, Acid Crash. And I wrote, I called it the Acid Crash Remix. Excuse me. It did pretty nice. I didn't think it was going to sell. It did relatively nice. And I hadn't made a record from that point in, in, in two years. So I, I said, okay. So Ray said, hey, man, if you got some more stuff, you know, basically bring it on. Mm-hmm. I'm like, shit. I ain't got no... I, and again, I never made enough money to buy equipment because I kept getting fucked out my dosh from DJ International. I, I didn't never have enough money to make records. I didn't ever have enough money to have to even pay my rent the majority of the time, right? I was only... <laughs> I had to ask for my money but wait for it for three days because they was doing other things with other people's money as well. And when I got the check, I could shoot hoops with the check because that motherfucker bounced everywhere. Oh, shit. I was going to ask if it bounced. Boy, like a rubber ball in a solid room. Anyway. Man. So with Ray... He asked me to do it. I was like, yeah, okay. And then I came up with this uh, in the interim of that, like the next year, like 94, like 93, 94, uh, I did another EP. But at that time, Eddie Folks, shout out to my big brother, uh, Eddie Folks. Flashing folks. He said, hey man, you need to come up to Detroit. You need to come up to Detroit and get this schooling. I'm like, fuck is he talking about schooling? <laughs> yeah, right. What are we scoring? So he, I flew up there. And we wanted to do a record. I flew up there, and he really, really broke down the, him and Mike Banks. I love them to this day. They broke down the business of the music business. All right. And I went, oh, now I'm on a totally different path because nobody from Chicago was telling me the game. They're only telling me what. They either don't know or don't have or have a clue to and they really don't know. So they told me the whole shit. So when I came back to Chicago, uh, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm doing some records with you, Ray. So I did a record for Cosmic Club Tracks. That's uh, one of my other classics. Then I did this record called The Soul Revival Number 3, which had uh, nothing wrong on it, right? And uh, some other cuts. Again, it did well. Ray Barney was one of them cats if your record did well, you had another chance. If your record didn't do shit, <laughs> you were out the door. No contract, none of that. And I went, wow, Ray, you don't want to sign up? He said, for what? What, what are you going to do? I, I I don't own the record. I just want to release it to help 
a brother out. Because in the 90s, in the 90s, after watching Malcolm X, bro, it was over for me. I was militant than a motherfucker. <laughs> I was, y'all, I mean, I know I already showed that I was militant, but I was a different kind of militant at this time. Empowerment, uh, 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 Nation of Islam, in that in that direction, Muslim. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so I'm like, yeah, I'm down for, are you helping the brother out? Cool, cool, cool. So yeah, most of my 90s stuff was on Dance Mania. And again, the DJs, the young DJs, shout out to Quirky Tracks, man, DJ Funk, Jammin' Drill, uh, uh, Wax Master, uh, all my brothers that was on uh, Dance Mania because they also guided me through the system and they gave me respect. So they was like my little cousins. And when Ray said, hey, uh, 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 Nikki from React wants to license your record, I wasn't used to that. I wasn't used to nobody saying, coming to me about Licensing, licensing one of my records and what did I want to do? I was just accustomed to like, okay, they just oh, did your it. Record, your record ain't doing that well. Well, that too. It, or just don't even that. Just they, they just did it, and then you find out later. Like, now, wait a minute, oh, T. I know that's true because in New York during the eighties, right? Mm-hmm. D Train had a massive hit with "Keep On" and "You're the One for Me," and he and the owners Marvin Schlachter and them are telling him, "Well, yeah, the record's not doing so well." And Marvin Schlachter gets up, go to the bathroom, and Ubernees, I guess, gets up and moves the chair, and they see the gold record. So, hardcore hip hop, hardcore hip hop's went platinum. How about that? All right, that's what I'm saying. They saw the, the how about that? I I never seen the plaque. I only know about it from Joe Smooth telling me years after the fact to go get your platinum plaque and I couldn't get it after he told me because the company was defunct and they wasn't giving out anymore, so forth and so on. I was like, oh, wow. Turned the base, probably went gold, never saw it. So, yeah, so 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 I wasn't used that to my- stuff existed, brother, existed. You guys are making, yo, man, you see Rocky's rolls? Rolls, you mean his F, was, was it F40? Yeah, F40, whatever the hell he had. I was like- yeah, yeah. He, And trying to get me- on the, on the no, side, man, we have no money. On the sidebar, he's like, hey, we Tyree. Have no money. Even with that, he said, hey, Tyree, uh, you want this F40 showing this picture? I'm like, yeah, but what, I'd rather have a house than a, than a car, a Ferrari Tesla Roaster. What the fuck am I doing with a Ferrari Tesla Roaster? Going to visit my my, uh, my mom and my brother and them in the hood, my sister and them in the hood. Do me a favor. Sign me the pink slip right now. You should have taken the pink slip and sell the car. It's, it's more to that. So, <laughs> so, so, so I'm like, fuck, I'm gonna do the F uh, uh, Ferrari Tester Roaster. He said, nah, it's not real. Are you telling me it's a Fiero? Don't you dare tell me it's a Fiero. Yo, he had a kick car? Yo, breaking story. Ready, everybody? So I thought all these years he had a real. That shit was a kit because yeah, he told me John, thank you, my dinner is ready. Yes, everybody's asking me. <laughs> he told me it cost twenty five thousand dollars to get this car, and a Ferrari Tesla Roaster back in the eighties is way more than twenty five thousand dollars. Yo, man, he had a Fiero. He wanted me. Wait, this is how this is how he was trying to get me. He said, "Do you want a car like this?" I said, "No, I'm trying. You trying to get me killed?" 
I said, and I asked him, he said, no, it's a Fiero when they stretched out the body. Yeah, it a, it's, you bought a kit. I remember this. A kit costed 60 grand, and you could take a, pia- a, pa- a piano, a Pontiac Fiero, and turn it into a wannabe Lamborghini. But the internal part was a Fiero. All day long. When he told me that, I was like, uh, no, I'd rather, have a, I'd rather have a house. I can't. I can't. What? I said, what? I said what, well, what, what is it? What, what I have to do? He said, well, you got to give me another record. Like, turn up the bass. The lights went for on. For the Fiero or for the kick car? For, for the yeah, Everybody, do me a favor. It's the one, it's one of the same. Do me a favor. The people in Europe have no idea. Do me a favor. Google Pontiac Fiero, please. You <laughs> need this car. And then put in Pontiac Fiero with kit, Lamborghini kit. It looks legit. No, it, it looked toy. Look, it's a square front. I remember. Man. man. So Yo, I'll tell you how I remember it. John, who remembers John Gotti? Come on now. Okay. Right across the street from his house, this guy had a yellow one. I'll never forget. A yellow one to drive when I went, Yo, that's a Lamborghini? He said, No, that's the kick car. I said, what do you mean the kick car? There's a Pontiac Fiero. I'll leave that right there for everybody. Everybody's Googling that right now. They're like. Because after he said that, when he said, if you give me another turn up the bass, I went, hmm. And what do you get for that? I, I, that's the car I would get. I went, mm-mm. Which so, one, the Fiero or the kick car? It's the one of the same. The fucking Fiero is the kick car because he wasn't. No, because, no, no, no. He would have got away with murder giving you the Fiero for 12 grand. 12, 25. Whatever it was, the Fiero. The Fiero was still, one. Still, but still, it wasn't the Fiero. He was trying to give me the kit, but the kit was a Fiero. It wasn't like it was one or the other. The kit was the, you know, the, the, so, so, so when, when he said that, remember this record, um, hip hop has been very, very beautiful to me. And I, 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 anyone that, if you are a true hip hop lover, you should really pay attention to some of the lyrics that they was talking about back in the day because the gas face from fucking uh, three, uh, third base, yeah, they gave you Puma sweats and a pack of Newports or however the box. That's right. Newport light. Newport the green box. And they gave, this was the record deal they were saying they'd given rap artists. But they couldn't have been talking about just rap artists because we were going through the same thing. So when he said that shit, that line in Yo, he's talking about he like get him his Puma tracksuit and a pack of and a carton of Newport. Exactly. Welcome exactly. to the family, brother. Exactly. That's exactly what Rocky was trying to do to me. And I went, no. Yo, no. Bring him the Fiero in. Sign right here. Welcome to DJ International, brother. And I went, no, no, no. No, he no here. Like you know here. Like, what do you mean no here? Like like in uh what's that family guy when Consuelo <laughs> answered the door? No, no quack my here. No, no quack my here. No quack my no uh, so it was the same thing for me. I was like, no, 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 no. Where's and right immediately after that, I was like, where's the rest of my money for turn up the base? What money? He's like, Oh, we gave that to you already. What money? And the light bulb went off. Ding 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 ding. Okay. It's getting down to that time where you're gonna have to, you know. So I let I let a few years go by because he kept he kept easing me, he kept trying to poke at me to do these kind of things, right? So I saw this movie called The Five Heartbeats. I don't know if anyone has ever seen it. I remember that movie clear. 
that was the movie that inspired me to sue DJ International. Because when they hung my man, when they heard, when they hung Bird and the Midnight Falcons with Bird, and he went red. What about my publishing? He said, my office hours are from nine to five. He went, that's right. Fuck your office hours. He went, oh, okay. And he punched him and hit him and uh, uh, hung him upside down in the balcony. And if you do your research, these stories are true. They're real. That's a real story. That's a real story. That's why so I said. Your like, Cadillac's waiting outside. But in your case, your Pontiac Fiero. So I was like, this motherfucker's not going to hang me up my, upside down outside of what my publishing. So I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to sue his ass. So at the same time, I got the edu- I'm getting the education from Detroit. I'm uh, putting out records with Dance Mania. Uh, and simultaneous- simultaneously, about to get rid of this contract with DJ International and working uh, as a piece of delivery guy because I'm about to quit that job in a minute because music is kicking back in. So I'm like, I got all the momentum. Again, I don't know if I'm a win or not this this thing, but I know I have to do something to get this motherfucker up off me. So I um, excuse me. I watched the five heartbeats. I got a lawyer. Uh, I let him out there. say J.B. Ross, who was the original lawyer that he used in the early days of DJ International, that was Rocky's lawyer. So he got rid of J.B. Ross. Didn't want to have anything to do with him. So I got J.B. Ross to draw me up. Uh, Excuse me. I got J.B. Ross to draw me up a uh, what is it called? Uh, a summary of something that he needs to like like a letter saying, right, okay, Rocky, if you don't get his brother a statement <clears throat> within such and such a time period, all things are off. He's done with the he's done with the company, so forth and so on. So uh Lauren gives me a summary, not a statement, a summary. And the summary said Drum roll. I I, Tyree Cooper, oh eighty nine thousand dollars. <laughs> or somewhere around ninety, eighty nine or ninety thousand dollars. Now I'm not the I'm not the greatest mathematician in the world, but if I Oh, this company, 89,000. That means I would have had to make at least quarter of a million, 300, $400,000 in order to, so they can compensate where that money went. If all that I've gotten from them was $33,000 via a um, W 2. <laughs> I can't believe this. So, I said, you know what, Tyree, it, it's, it's time to sue this motherfucker. It, it, you, you, you've gone far enough. So in the process of suing him, uh, I had different friends that was going down to DJ International that was going to record. And uh, uh, I always say, this is the house that I helped build, the studio, right? The whole construction studio. This motherfucker kicked me out the studio and told this artist that I was a bad influence. Kicked me out the building. And said I was a bad influence. You know, everybody kicking him out because he wants what is rightfully his. Uh, uh, uh. So I said, okay, I'm going to sue him. So within that time, I was going back and forth to Europe. As I said, uh, dealing with Dance Mania, doing Dance Mania stuff. And um, the new millennium was approaching. And so... Right before, right before the new millennium, no, right after the new millennium had, had came upon us, uh, I won my court case. I want to ask you this question. What did it cost you 
to take him to court? What kind of court fees were you dealing with? The kind of money you had to put up? Because that's where it gets funky. I know that because I've took I've took labels to court. It's expensive. Yeah, it can be. But. But if you make a deal and I don't mean like that kind of deal where, look, anything that's that that you collect is yours up until the fee. You don't get no ownership of the property. But if there's money that a percentage was percentage of the win, basically percentage of what was there you get. So, yeah, it cost me. Over twenty five thousand. I was gonna say minimum fifty. I'm thinking minimum fifteen thousand. Somewhat, somewhat, but he, I, he, but the but so he my, did it on the words called contingency. So yeah, he takes exactly. it. He's doing exactly. it on the contingency, everybody. Exactly. With the hopes that he can get paid on the back end. Exactly, and he got paid like a motherfucker. Oh, because first they got to cut the lawyers to the check to the lawyer, then he gives you the the difference. Okay. The difference All right. So for you to take that on, at least you were blessed. To have a lawyer, because nowadays lawyers don't want to do that anymore. They're not doing that. And, not doing uh, and, and, and Rocky was still stealing from me because he would send out his catalog to different companies for a sub-publishing deal and have my stuff in it. So it would block me from getting other publishing deals that I wasn't even aware that that was happening. I kept saying, like, why am I missing money here when I should be getting money? How's Anyway, but I won that case. All right. And, it's a happy ending uh, at least. Yeah, because a hundred me repeat that. A hundred percent of my masters are mine. A hundred percent of my masters. You just gave us the rainbows ending. That's yeah. the Hollywood ending, not the Russian ending. The Russian ending, you get shot and killed and put in the ground. This is the Hollywood ending, the ending of I won and beat the system and got what's mine back. I was trying to do it with my publishing, but my lawyer and their lawyer, whatever, he only gets seven and a half cents. I was trying to make this motherfucker get nothing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, seven and a half cents, uh, so that's 15% on both sides. That's nothing compared to the way he was getting 75% of my shit. On that note, we got to leave that there, T. I just got to ask you this question. Yeah, go ahead. Pizza and all. You left the business for a quick minute, came back, and won. Where are you at now with everything? Okay, you know, yeah. In your I'm, life. You know, I'm not saying where you're in the world. Not next month. Where, where yeah, you are in. Um, I was leading up to that because this is all 2000. There's only 20 years more left. We only got like 15 more minutes. <laughs> I love, no, I stopped Louis at 2002 <laughs> because I wanted to do part twos to some of these. Because, because... Because in it, within all that, uh, Dance Mania really re, 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 rejuvenated my career because the people had started growing up. Those people were older, and there's a new generation coming up that was into Dance Mania, techno, and everything else after that. So uh, 2002, uh, I'm, I'm going to go real fast, 2002, I, I I did a uh, a compilation for Hustler magazine. Uh, two thousand four. Uh, two thousand. Okay, so let's let me ask some more questions. 
the hustler hustler magazine was also picking the talent that was going to be in the magagazine or was just the music and just the music just the, only the music so you only were the, the musical music. direction you were the direction that they went for yeah exactly because you didn't do no direction on the the, the lighting or any other stuff no. that went on behind you. and it was hustler it was hustler uh it's a Hollywood story bro uh it was hustler and they we, we it was hustler Germany and for the, for the photo shoot, they got a Russian porn star to stand with me. Uh, 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 yeah, but I, I wasn't into that. I, 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 she, I, she, did she say, she, she said, I'll break you. No, no, no. She was a nice <laughs> young lady. She was a nice young lady. I was on the beaches of Miami. They had to tell me to turn my head a few times because every time a woman walked with a Yeah, beach, you want to ask. Right, right, right. So, okay. So 2004, 2004, uh, I did a record with uh, uh, a friend of mine, um, Sebastian Krieg. We had this group called, uh, we had this group called uh, Chic Stylo. We did this record called uh, Groove Y'all Tonight. <coughs> that was picked up by Defected, which also became part of a video DJ game called DJ Dex and Effects. Okay. 2004, 2005, I, I revisited my Dance Mania kind of thing and did a record on Lone Records, 500 Limited Pressings. Uh, 2000, 2010, 8, 9, 10, 2010, uh, I, I, I was a residency at the China Club in Frankfurt. Uh, I thought you were gonna tell me the one that big kids. Chinga chinga, chinga chinga chinga, China China Club. No 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 no. It was and this was doing the Charlie Murphy. Bam. <laughs> and and then, this is the funny thing. This is the this is the time when the music was steadily changing rapidly, right? So big this time. this is during the time of uh, uh maybe I'm, not 2010. This is during the time 2003 four. EDM's beginning. Beginning of the, but it was called Electro. Electro, yes. Oh god. And so me playing house music, I had a night in this club in Hamburg called the China Club. The name of my night was called The Power Plant Revisited. Right. So I'm giving back to my roots. So fast forward that that didn't last that long, but it was nice. Uh 2000 by 2000 11 2010 i did a tour for axe deodorant axe body spray for france in the south of france in nice nice yeah because danny minogue was our uh she had just had that pop record that that flow ride i did previously uh dead or alive what was that shit spin me round and round or whatever um she was the guest uh 2014 2012, 13, I was, I became a residency at, uh, Trezor. Yes. I remember that. Cause I went to see you there. Right. Right. So all this time and, 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 and within that, I was a residency at, uh, Kata Holsik, <laughs> and I was a residency at, uh, uh, Kleiner Reiser, which is a smaller club. Now, when I say residency, it was, I wasn't by myself. Uh, my partner, who we, we started this group called Jack the Box, uh, Robert Stanley. Shout out to my brother, Robert Stanley, or Bobby Starr, as he called. Bobby Starr, yes. Bobby, 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 wherever you are, what up? 
Right. Uh, we started uh, Jack the Box in 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 remember and 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 in solidarity with the Chicago house scene. So like Jack the Box means you know you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna play your music. So we started Jack the Box, and from that we started doing residencies. Uh, so with that said, fast forward. Um, I was never too much of a yes man to do anything for everything just because like record labels, record labels wanted you would like you to do sign their contracts and the contracts are getting way more tricky because they want, they were trying to take half your publishing, you know, low key trade, try to take half your publishing. And, I, and Dealing with DJ International, I was well aware of that shit. And I had a publisher, a sub-publisher at that time, uh, who was teaching me a lot at the time. He was teaching me a lot. So when I get the contract, I, I say no to whatever they was offering. And a lot of times, these companies wouldn't deal with me. So a lot of times, I would put out records with companies that were sympathetic to what I wanted in the contract. So they did it for the straight love. So with that said, I didn't put out a lot of music in the 2000s, like I did prior to that decade, because the contracts was getting slicker. Uh, I almost did a record with Defected. Uh, it broke my heart, so to speak, because uh, I really, I, I still like the record, label. don't get it twisted. It was just the fact that uh, they did this record, uh, South, I won't call it South, Soul Central, had remade Strings of Life. And within that time period, they uh, Simon Dunmore, I almost said something else, Simon Dunmore had, a, had an idea about doing a uh, rap on it. So I went home to Berlin and carved out a rap for Simon Dunmore and this record. Because he said, at that time, it's between me, if there's any truth, between me and Kathy Brown. So what was your rap for that Soul Central record? Do you remember? Uh, I see. Let's see. Y'all see me come in all unexpected. A lyrical terrorist. You got to. Y'all see me coming in all unexpected. Lyrical terrorist. You got to respect it. These things in life, they just play out. That's what stay packed while the lady screaming shout. Fellas, get up and let's do our thing. While I'm on the microphone. Well, I'm on the microphone doing my thing. Something to that effect. Uh, I can't remember. Give me a second. I have to think about it. Uh, but it was something to that effect. All right. That was I awesome. Put Robert, I put Robert Owens in it. Uh, I, I, I put a lot of reference in it. I made a lot of reference to Chicago house music. I really sculpted this motherfucker out. And for Simon Dunmore to not even say, hey, motherfucker, yo, motherfucker, yo, Mr. Cooper, hey, Tyree, hey, man, not to say jack shit, I, I took offense to it. And when I called him, he really didn't. Um, he really didn't answer my my email or my my calls. On top of that, I thought I was gonna have to get his ass because <laughs> they licensed a record from me. They they didn't. They they got a record from one of my records, Acid Crash, and they didn't get the license from me because they thought that somebody else owned it and not Tyree. Because when you call as an artist and say, "Hey, that's my shit," yeah, yeah, whatever, motherfucker, you don't own your shit. I'm going no. Nah. No, when I gave him the proof and I gave him the receipt, wow. when I gave him the receipts, it's like, oh, this motherfucker. Oh, well, damn. Not out of respect or admiration, like, well, well there goes that. You know, uh, Azuli records the same way. 
with Tony Humphreys and Hardcore Hip House because he put his version of Hardcore Hip House on his Azuli choices. I had to get Azuli. Subliminal. Defected. So I'm like, fuck, these are the people I... And these are the record labels I wanted to be a part of. You were, but not the way you wanted to be part of it. Right. So uh, with that said, um, I asked him, and he said he, he didn't ever get back with me. And like I said, that was kind of a bummer. Um, and then I just left it alone. So today, moving up, moving right along, 2014. But thank God, T. You get able to get money from everybody, at least, you know, to stay in this. Oh, I, I got a, a, a 2014, 15, 2014, <clears throat> uh, Paco Rabanne came a calling. The fragrance company, Paco Rabanne. Uh, I did a record with this guy named Dennis Knight now. It was called Wonderland. Now, mind you, I had wrote a record already called Wonderland because I was, you know, I was pothead. I'm thinking all the daisy, daisy things that pothead thinks about, you know, colors and schemes and things of this nature. So I wrote a record called Wonderland. And so Dennis Knight and I say, yeah, man, I, I like that. So let's do it. So Paco Rabanne liked that track and they wanted to use it for their their new campaign called the one million dollar perfume or cologne perfume yeah cool that was very lucrative i'm not gonna get into the numbers but that was nice uh that happened to me i had my first uh record in a tv commercial that's a good my, feeling congratulations that's a good my, feeling when you heard, when you hear your voice when you hear your voice it was that i appreciated that but you know the weirdest thing was when In Living Color did a parody of Crystal Waters and they used her track, what they thought was her track, it was mine. Right. I went, I'm a part of, I'm a part of my own culture and yeah. they don't know it. No, like, they don't know it. Like, uh, what's the other one? Uh, just, what's, this, what's the movie? What's the TV show called? Empire. The TV show called Empire. The first season, right? Um, I'm watching. I'm watching it. I really don't like uh, TV shows like this because it's, to me, it's a bad description of black uh, uh, black culture, and especially for the culture like hip hop, where they try to make it seem like it's all raunchy. And you from? Come on, man. You from New York, man? Uh, which borough did you grow up in? Brooklyn or Harlem? Which, which borough did you grow up in? Queens. Queens. Even better. You know, growing up in Queens, that yeah, there were bad elements that went with hip-hop, but hip-hop as a genre, as a culture, was not bad. No, it was great. It was, thank you. Look, Hollis, Run DMC comes from Hollis, Queens. Come on, man. Come I on, man. That. Come on, man. So, so when I see these images of Empire, I'm like, I, I, give, the, I give the brother a chance and, you know, support. <laughs> no. But uh, I'm pretty much done after the first season. So I'm watching it, I'm watching it. And in the middle... Uh, Taraji P. Henson said, they're in a the studio, just like the one you went, in a the studio, and this guy's eating a bowl of cereal. She said, hey, you, you the producer. Hey, Tyree. Tyree, are you going to make these beats? I went, because I'm watching on bootleg. So I rewound it. Again, to make sure you want to hear what, you, what she said, right? I to make sure. I'm saying, no way. That's too close for comfort. Yeah, I'm not the only person with the name Tyree. 
without a doubt. But we talking about in the context of music in the studio, and the producer name is Tyreen, and Lee Daniels is roughly my age, and I'm sure I can't be, I can't, I can't. Can't stake anymore. your life on it, right? Can't stake your life on it. But he had to be in the clubs at the Paradise Garage, at the Sound Factory, at any one of those places where they played his music, and the phrase. Everyone knows. If you don't know nothing else about Tyree, you know, and that's Tyree Cooper. Oh, the producer, oh, awesome super duper trooper. Then they tell a story about how that record affected their life. So I'm looking at this video. I'm looking at this thing. I said, I called my oldest daughter. I said, um, watch Empire. Look at this episode, blah, blah, blah. And she went, Daddy, nah, nah, Daddy, that's too close for comfort. Do you think they was talking about you? I'm like, no, nah, if I ask him, he'll probably say no. But I'm going to let it go and say, yeah, he's talking about Tyree. Because then right. I said, I've become part of pop, cult, pop culture. You are part of pop culture. because Hold up. It gets better. These records go. So, cool. so 2005 fucking team. <laughs> my favorite rap, my favorite female rap, my favorite MCs, rappers. I got Queen Latifah, I got MC Light, and I got Rod Digger. Rod Digger is the truth. She's the truth. She's rapping over acid crash. Because Just Blaze, Just Blaze sampled it. That's perfect. Cha-ching. No, I could not get it. I, I had no lawyer to go after it. I could not get it. What? It gets better. So I'm in Chicago, 2015. I'm in Chicago. I ran across this guy named uh, Stephen Hobbs. And we were talking and talking. He said, yeah, I managed Rod Digger. I'm sorry, I said, what? He said, yeah, I managed Rod Digger. And I told him the story about the, you know, Blaze said, oh, we can make that happen. I'm sorry, he said, what? We can do what? Oh, we can make that happen. You, you can, we, we, we can make that happen. Me, Rod Digger on the track together. Yeah, I'm a manager. Oh, okay. Caught up. She said, yeah, that's my shit. Acid, acid crash my shit. I'm like, hold up. Hold up. 20 second time out, ref. She's the MC of MCs, like in that, you know, that category of MCs. How she know about some house music? Yeah, she's from Britney, isn't she? You know what I'm saying? The, the Brick City, you got Zanzibar, you got Sensation. You got yeah, the that's Right, that's Jersey, boy. She right, knew all right, about so, Right, right. So she grew up on. She grew up on acid crash. Needless to say, needless to say, needless to say, the business end of it because, you know, I've, I've grown a lot smarter than those DJ International days where uh, with, I didn't think, I didn't like the business deal. So I said, one of these days, I'm going to run it real soon. I'm going to run it to Rod Digger. I almost want to hit her on the God cast. But I didn't want to know. I don't want. To, I don't want to disturb her while she's at her job or anything like that. She remembered me or something of that nature. So, um, fast forward. That's all happened in one year. 16, 17, 18 uh, was was uh, was was deep. Uh, I, I started releasing my own music on my own label. Uh, uh, I started two labels: Super Duper Records, that was being distributed by Believe digital and then i started uh chicago vinyl that was being distributed by um juno and um 
I started out releasing some of my um, older catalogs, but you know how the record business goes. You, I know. You don't want to release if you got a, if you got a mass amount of classics. You don't want your label to be just that classic. Like if Unidis had to put out a record, a brand new record, we probably wouldn't have bought it. No, because no, because we saw Ramsworth and Unidis as a classics label. Right, Period. and I didn't want to be like Period. that. Right, I wanted to be. Like you guys, like like you, you know, the brand, a fresh, brand fresh new stuff coming out. Yes. So, but with the with with access to my titles, right? So I look, I released the first the first one was um one of my Dance Mania titles did did well it, it did really well um the next few I, I did every other release some they sold some uh, that they. Uh, that they couldn't sell. And what they couldn't sell was the newer stuff, which I tell them, I told James a long time ago, yeah, this stuff you probably won't be able to sell, but trust me, about five years later, people are going to be looking for this stuff because that's how this industry is going now. It's not, right, sometimes it's not immediate. It's years down the road. Years down the road, because uh, Blake Baxter, record he did with, uh, 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 what's that boy name? Uh, it came out 2004. Like, what happened? I think that was called What Happened. I thought you could tell me when we used to play in the summer breeze. He did that at International first before he went to. Before he went I'm thinking to- that it's, that's around that time. No. Rocky did not like that record. What else is new? No. Rocky didn't even hear the record to not like it because Blake used to come from Detroit down to Chicago, four hour ride, sleep in his car to get studio time and that was one of the records produced and Rocky was like went up to Kevin Sanderson Kevin immediately put it out and when it came out I said Rocky you know uh, you hear this record that Julian playing like yeah I said you know that's on one of your tapes yeah. he's like what what you serious I'm like yeah 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 that's Blake Baxter he did that no no the motherfucker I'm like no, nah, you can't call him a motherfucker, dude. No, that's he, right. You can't. He wasn't, he wasn't feeling it. Just like uh, I tell the story about Hula and Fingers. Who uh, Hula is Hula and K Fingers were uh, a production team that Hula did the Out Here Brothers and K Fingers and Hula together did a whole multitude of records on Clubhouse. One of their most famous records uh, was uh, "Summertime" from Will Smith. They produced that record, right, for Will Smith, Summertime. So Rocky was trying to clown one day, just on the real side, but Rocky was trying to clown one day, like, uh, you know, that these guys will never be shit and this, that, and the third. So when this record came out, I said, Rocky, and this is me getting back at Rocky for fucking me over to, like, poke him. I could, I wouldn't, if I could punch him in the face, I probably would have, but it wouldn't have meant nothing. <clears throat> so this is my way of putting it in his face. You remember those guys you called Nightstar? He's like, yeah. You said you couldn't sell any of their records. Like, yeah. I said, you know, they just went platinum, right? Yeah. I said, what? I'm like, yeah. That record, summertime that everyone's playing that ride down the street, they produced that. I used to, uh, wait, what? Really? I'm like, uh, yeah. It says Hula, produced by Hula, K Fingers, Will Smith, blah, blah, blah. but it's Hula Fingers. No, I'm like, yeah, because I remember you said they wasn't gonna be shit, right? And yeah, and it got a Grammy, right? <laughs> yeah, right. It got, it got a Grammy. Remember that? He's like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't remember saying that. Now I'm, 
I'm I'm within arm length of him talking on the telephone, telling them that they wasn't gonna be shit. I'm sitting right there. <laughs> like, oh, okay. So this is this be my ways of, of telling Rocky, okay, you had your fun, but I'm gonna have fun at your expense. That's right. Now you're gonna hear the truth now, what's going on around you. Throughout my career, even today, throughout my That's career. Hula Mahone, right? Hula Mahone, right? Hula Mahone, that's right. Yep, the, the brothers. Uh uh. Whew. And today I know Maurice goes out with them and does all the well up until pandemic, he was doing the shows with them, right? Maurice. Yeah. yeah. And that's another funny thing, another sidebar. Uh uh Hula tried to hook me up with their booking agent that was doing that. And I called the young man. He said he had never heard of Tyree Cooper. No problem. I said, Did you ever hear he's from he's from Holland? I said, you ever hear these compilations called Turn Up the Bass? There was 23 volumes of them. He said, oh, yeah, for sure. I said, do you know where they got that name from? No, he said. He said, no, I said, that's from my record. I said, you heard Club, or was it uh, Clubhouse? Uh, what's the name of the group? Uh, 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 no Limit. What's the uh, Limit? Uh, Too Unlimited? Mm-hmm. Too Unlimited? He said, yeah. I said, well, Hadaway and all of a sudden, I was going to say, yeah, well, that's from the style that I have co-create called Hip House. I said, well, how old were you when this record came out? I was three years old. That's why. In 1995, you was only nine. So how did you hear the Out Here Brothers in 1995? But you never heard Turn Up the Bass. <laughs> I find that utterly impossible. Right. So anyway, didn't, I didn't curse him out. I just left it alone. So, uh, like I said, going back to what happened in the 2000, um, releasing my records, um, Juno said they couldn't, they couldn't sell my music. Well, wow. You could sell the old stuff, but you couldn't sell the new stuff. I, I, I can understand. I, I didn't have the DJ, whatever his name is, to do the mixes or such and such name to do the mixes. Because everything was organic for me. If you if if you like it, you know you like it. You know it's it's pretty much that's how it is. Right. So needless to say, when he said I when they said that I owed them money, I went, oh okay. You owe them ninety eight thousand dollars. So 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 <laughs> when they said I owed them money, I went, oh okay. <laughs> it's like that, huh? Two months later, he said, hey, wait, 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 we owe you. Uh, we owe you X amount of dollars because this is what happened. This is this is the resid. This is what's left over. The residuals. <laughs> residuals. And I went, wow. And they still don't want to fuck with me. I went, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so, uh, so now, as of today, as of now, I, I my music is coming out through uh, Distro Kid. Um, Distro Kid is a platform like CD Baby. Like tune core things of this nature. Uh, I haven't. Uh, I'm still with Believe Music out of France and the UK now. Not so much Germany. I'm still with them releasing, but that's just my old mixtape that still has most of my classics on it. Um, uh, um, uh, to as of now, I have a new record coming out on Norm Talley's compilation album. I forget the I forget the name of it. It's, it's vinyl. Uh, uh, I got a new EP coming out maybe in the next two or three weeks once I finish the uh, the other other tracks. So 
keep myself busy. Uh, I'm in Las oh. Vegas trying to trying to get Las Vegas trying to do some things in Las Vegas. I'm gonna say trying to get Las Vegas popping because who am I to try to get a place that already has DJs and some type of a scene to get popping? It's just find your place there. Just get yeah, your lock it, yourself it, in. Just it. lock yourself uh, in. Uh, my brother uh, Aaron Kelly, who was in here earlier, I don't know if he's still with us. Uh, uh, it, it, we we we're gonna do some things in in this this year, I believe. Um, uh, All right. So pretty much, that's pretty much where I'm at right now. And you safe and sound? You okay? I'm safe and sound. Um, everything is good. Family's well. Thank God. Um, yeah. Um, I stay. Shit, man, bro. I stay in. I stay in my little, my little room. Uh, Just so you know, Tyree last week graced us on Clubhouse. Remember the, to get your Clubhouse app. He yeah, was up there telling us stories. He said, "Yeah, yeah. stories." Get that Clubhouse app. Then you can ask some questions. Like some of the questions we may have missed in this. In this. In this uh, interview, no, we had yeah. three hours and ten minutes of excellence. Right. He took three bathroom breaks. Right. I blown out of the water, and I'm done. And Tyrone right. rocked us to the discotheque. Right. Rock the discotheque. That rock, was the rock, first, rock, rock, rock the discotheque. That was rock, the first time. That was the first time. That was the first time that um, I actually asked someone to write a rap for me. Cause I up until that point, hardcore hip house, the stuff I had did prior to that, um, I, I hadn't learned how to rap yet. I, I really hadn't. I, I was trying. I was dibbing dabbing. Uh, met a couple of friends that I could I could come off. I won some money, but it wouldn't call it rapping. So I asked a good friend of mine. His name was uh, the villain. I said, "Could you write this rap for me for this song?" He liked the song. He said, "Who you wanna? Who who you like?" And I'm like, "Shit, Big Daddy Kane is the motherfucker that made me want to rap." Period. No, they were asking you, Tyree. I Close the show with a freestyle good night. And I was trying to think of one. I'm trying to think of one now because I, it's so much in my head. So anyway, so I asked asked villain to, asked villain to write a rap for me. So he said, "Yeah," but he had other plans for me. He said, "Yeah, I, I'm gonna write it." So he wrote it, and then uh, he said, uh, "But I'm not rapping it." I'm like, hold up. Whoa, 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 whoa. Why aren't you going to rap it? He said, because at the end of the day, Tyree, you got to learn how to do this. I'm like, what? 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 So. Hell no. So I said, all right, fuck it. You have to have the skills to come off rounds of time quickly, lack and attack the mic, and suddenly, once I get the opportunity, I swing on the I swing on the, I swing with the melody. I say, once I give the opportunity, I swing. You can't even move with the melody. Pressure gets air tight or I knock the party. Sucks can barely catch the flight. They take the route. They try to play me out. Uh, something, something Tyree is all about. Hosting MCs, that's boasting. While you stop and catch your breath, I'm still coasting on and on while the beat is going. Throwing the floor and lyrics on a dope song. I'm not the rap, but I do rap. I'm not the rap, but I do math like a mathematician. I keep the lyrics switching back and forth and forth and back on the line. Don't ever underestimate, don't ever underestimate the rhyme of the rock the discotheque. Rock, 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 rock the discotheque. Rock, rock, rock. Wow, that's how you write that? He went, yeah. And from that moment on, like I said in the, 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 uh, at the after party the other day, Karis One was my teacher. He just didn't know it. Big Daddy Kane 
was my professor. He just didn't know it. Rakim was my graduate, undergraduate professor. They just didn't know it. Uh, Nas, Nas was a professor. Uh, anybody that was listening, uh, Mob Deep, um, Ice Cube, you know what I'm saying? Anybody, all these people were my professors. They just, Ice T, big, the big homie. And I, I know why you say I call him the big homie because every time Ice T sees me, I go, hey man, you remember me, man? He go, man, fuck up, man. Yeah, man, man, what's wrong with your man? What's wrong with your man? What's wrong with your man? Because uh, I hang out with uh, uh, Africa Islam. Shout out to Africa Islam. That's my big brother for, for, for life. Yo, dude. Uh, you is my big brother. Listen, you laid down science, bro. You laid down history and science today yeah. like no other. Man, about to say, when he see me go, Tyree from Chicago. I go, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Uh, 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 anyway, um, yeah, so I, 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 uh, I, I'm still doing a lot of things. Uh, Matter of fact, Africa Islam, here's a group for you before we go. Here's a group for you. Africa Islam, Jesse Saunders, and Tyree Cooper. Oof. All right. We would call, we called ourselves three black pimps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that knows three black pimps. Abbreviation and pimps meaning people interested in making profits. All right. Pimping it. Pimping it. Right. Las Vegas style. You have you have Jesse out there. I know that Jesse's in Vegas too. He's in the West Coast. He's not in Vegas anymore, but he's on the West Coast. I, I talk to my big brother uh from time to time. He don't do shit for me, but I talk to him from time to time. <laughs> uh, I love my big brother. Don't get it twisted. My big I know, brother. I know. Because I know. if it wasn't for Jesse, y'all may not have never heard Tyree. That's all right. There's always know? somebody always so you gotta look back in time to go yeah. forward. Wayne Williams the same way. Batman. Wayne Williams and I used to Wayne, we used to school me on the music. He used to school me on the music on how to select. Uh, Maurice Joshua, brother, ex, like I say, taught me. Forget tomorrow, buddy, Clubhouse, because you can hear more. He's going to come on, Tyree. You know, we're going to be on, what time tomorrow? 8.30 UK time, 4.30 New York time, because of the time change. Right. My man will get you on the West Coast. He'll be out there. Right. Tyree, brother, 